Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the Worldwide Chelsea Podcast. It's your host Matt back again and I'm joined by the wonderful co-host Wayne. How you doing my friend? I'm good, I'm good. Loving the lovely summer weather finally getting coming through. So all smiles at the moment. Yeah, it's uh it's it's all smiles this week. Um we had obviously a weekend of lots of finals. Um some positive, some slightly less positive, uh, but we will get into that um just now. Obviously first one on the Saturday, Chelsea men's versus Liverpool men's. Um, heartbreak again from the penalty shootout Mount and Aspie missing penalties um, but we were treated to an absolute spectacle on the Sunday with Chelsea women's versus Man City women's where Chelsea won 3-2 in a game which we mentioned the last game there was lots of good goals and again it didn't disappoint us with the goals that were scored again um, but we will get into the women's game in a little bit but first we will discuss what was a shambolic men's display. Um, so obviously, going into the stats breakdown, obviously it was 120 minutes played. Um, in that, Chelsea had 47% possession compared to Liverpool's 53. Chelsea had 10 shots and with two on target compared to Liverpool's 17 with two also on target. Chelsea made 513 passes with an 82% accuracy compared to Liverpool's 613 with an 83% accuracy. Um, Chelsea completed 9 out of 20 dribbles compared to Liverpool 6 out of 11. Um, Chelsea won 55 duels compared to Liverpool's 46. Chelsea made 22 tackles, 16 interceptions and 20 clearances, whereas t- Liverpool made 15 tackles, 3 interceptions and 14 clearances. Um, Wayne, what did you think? Obviously, we'll go into specific parts about the game in a minute, but what did you think of the game overall? I thought it was actually a decent game to watch. I think it's very good because um, you can see there's all, both teams were basically giving their all. I don't think they left anything on the pitch for both teams. Um, very good tactical battle as well with both managers. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it as a final. I think it was one of the better finals than it has been for a while. Yeah, I mean, I I, I thought it was, again, it was one of the ones... Funny enough, both games, the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup, have both been nil-nils, but they have been, if, if you can call a nil-nil exciting, they've both been quite exciting nil-nils. Um, so it hasn't been the worst, although I wouldn't want to sit, I didn't want to sit for 120 minutes just to lose it again. But it is what it is. Um, that's how Chelsea roll this season. Um, so we'll go into the lineups before we start talking specifically about the game. Um Chelsea lined up with a 3-4-3 with Mendy in goal, Antonio Rudiger, Silva and Chalaba at the back. Uh, wingbacks of Alonso and James. Uh, midfield of Kova and Jorginho with a front three of Pulisic, Lukaku and Mount. Um, subs that came on was Azpi, Kante, Ziyech, Ruben Loftus-Cheek who came on and then off. For Ross Barkley who hasn't played in, God, I think Chesterfield was the last time he played so... That's a long time since he'd come on, but did his job uh, for what he had to do. Whereas Liverpool um, played with a 4-3-3, uh, um, with Alisson in goal, back four of Robertson, Van Dijk, Canate and Alexander-Arnold. A midfield three of Henderson, Keita, Thiago, with a front three of Diaz, Mane and Salah. 
with Simakas, Matip, Milner, Jota and Firmino coming on. Um, Wayne, when obviously it's now, this is for people watching this, this has been, this is six days after the FA Cup final. So we have almost calmed down uh, a little bit. Um, but what did you think of the lineup when you first saw it? Intrigued because I think what I want to get into first about because we're going to talk about the lineup. It's looked like Christensen was supposed to start, and listening since what's gone on, I'm a bit disappointed um, how he pulled out on the final when we need probably needed him in that back line. Um, I wasn't surprised. Really, with the lineup, I think it was very strong uh, for for Chelsea. Uh, Liverpool, I thought, was strong as well. Um, I was a bit surprised Conte, Conte um, Matt didn't play. Conte plays, well, Conte, Conte played instead. Was a bit of a surprise. Um, but other than that, I think it was both strong lineups. Um, yeah, it's. <clears throat> I don't know what to say really, because like I said, it's just there's not a lot else we really surprising in that lineup. Except for maybe Havertz could have been in, but he was injured, so yeah. Obviously, that was one that we, everyone, you always get one one talking point where everyone's like, "Oh my God, where is he? What what's happened? Why is he not starting? Why is he not on the bench?" Everyone goes mad for about five minutes until Tuchel explains that he's injured, and everyone has to calm down a little bit. Um, mm. Sometimes I feel like we need to trust Tuchel because we know he knows what he's doing. But you, it's never going to change your Chelsea fans. Um, I mean, I was surprised to see Cobbers start. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't. When you hear Tom Thomas Tuchel's press conference saying that he want this is the time to take risks, and you kind of expected Cobber to at least be in the game. Um, I was still a bit surprised that he started, um, but pleasantly surprised at first until his performance we saw um wasn't at his standards but is understandable um but yeah i mean apart from that i think that was the exact lineup that i predicted um in the game so i was fairly happy with it at the start um obviously we'll go we'll kind of go into the christensen thing um now obviously that was something that come out a few days after um reportedly the latest reports are that he for an unknown reason that we still don't know um decided to pull out of the game on the day and even before that you'd expect this is the thing where i think it's not an injury it's not a certain other issues because if you had problems and you couldn't play the game why would you then leave and go home that surely you'd stay and watch the team Exactly. Even if you are injured. Um, so that was a very last minute dilemma. And then you can understand why in the end we did have a bit of a poor shaky start, particularly with the defence. Um, Wayne, what, what is your opinion on the Christensen thing? Because I am, I'm not, I've never been Christensen's biggest fan. Um, you can point back to the sorry days when he was, he'd miss, because he'd, he'd start, it's throw up on the pitch out, out in the changing room and, He'd have these nerves and then wouldn't want to play certain games. Um, and sorry, mentioned that, but obviously, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan, so I will rip into Christensen a little bit. But 
what do you think of the situation? He's let he's let me down. It's not just I've never. I'm not going to say say I'm his one of his biggest fans, but I appreciate what he has done for us as a as a player. No, he's gone through the rankings uh, from the youth upwards. Um, he had to go on loan for a couple of years. He had to buy his time to become a first teamer, and when he has become a first teamer and he has played important games, he has stood out as a very good defender. Um, but the last month or so, how he's been acting, um, as obviously you will find out because this is coming out after. But the press conference, you can hear, literally hear how Tuchel was shocked and upset but he understood so there's something going on there that obviously us fans don't know but it's a fact of he let the team down and he can tell he was supposed to start and I would have thought he would have been starting instead of Chalabar but he's not if he's not going to give 110% towards the team that needs to be done then fine I'd rather him not be in the squad because I rather have a team that wants to, uh, players to want to play for us in the squad than people don't and they're not going to perform. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's it's, it's a disgrace. Um, I, I know I have people coming out and saying, oh, it could be mental health issues, um, certain issues like that, which if it is, then that's, that is probably the only real excuse he has for not turning up, um, mm. not doing it. Um, but at the same time, if, if if you don't have to explain if, if the mental situation, but if you just come out and explained that that's you've got something going on like that, then people would understand it and people would be off your back. But I feel the silence from his camp spells guilty straight away um, that it's not something of that nature. Um, and I think it's it's a disgrace. I think it, I if I was if I was the club, what's he got a month left of his contract? I would just say I would just rip it up, give him whatever money he's owed wages in terms to p- pack his bags and go now. But we can't. I mean, you can you can you can release someone from a contract. I mean, legally he's not legally he's refused to play a game, so you could probably get away around that saying he's not fulfilling his contract. So technically you couldn't, you might not even have to pay pay him in a way, but um, I would, I would, I would not play him at all the rest of the season. I would, even if Chalaba, Chalaba can't play or a Silva can't play or Rudiger can't play, I'd rather play one of the youngsters, throw them in. I'd rather, I'd rather someone who actually play for the badge rather than that idiot. Um, and I'm going to call him that. Um, I think it's disgraceful. Who 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 wants to miss a cup final? It's one of the biggest opportunities of your career, a chance to win a trophy and go on go out on a high at the club, and then you just bottle it. Um, you always get the running joke on uh, Twitter that he has his period. He has his period cramps, um, and that's why he doesn't doesn't join. Well, I'm I'm not being funny. You you look at Cover who played through lots of pain and pl- had a lot of injections just to play that game and mm-hmm. get through 60 minutes and as we found out now is 
not fit to play the rest of the games, which I did kind of expect. expect. Um, but the fact that he's done that, and Christensen can't even be bothered to not even just not play, not even just play, but not even turn up and watch the bloody final, I wouldn't even be surprised if he didn't even have it on TV. He's probably just gone home and done whatever he wants to do. If he wants to do that, then he can... I'm sorry, he can fuck off. Don't come back. And you won't get a good reception when you come back. I can tell you that now. Um, I've always been a bit of a critic of his. I, I don't think he's... When he's outside of the middle of a back three, I don't think he plays very well. Uh, and I, to be honest, I hope he struggles at Barcelona now um, because I couldn't care less. Um, and he's all, it's all, the way the way it's come. It's, all, it's all, he's almost going, obviously not quite core to our levels, but he is going down that way, and it's it, it it's it's disgraceful. I mean, the contract, how he's run down his contract anyway, as Tuchel said before, um, was disgraceful. Um, so he's not he's not he's not he's not done well and I had, you had people on Sadiq's stream defending him for that. Well, this just kind of proves that there was no defending of that at all in the first place. He's just someone that doesn't give a shit um and shouldn't be at the club full stop. Um moving back on to obviously the final itself. Obviously we did have that kind of shaky start in the defence, which now we can kind of understand that a bit more. Um but it took us about twenty minutes to get into a kind of good shape and a rhythm but we actually played all right after that 25 minutes didn't we Wayne? Yeah we, we did have a good lot of game I think the only power I was scared of in that minutes was Luis Diaz um, cause I think he is sailed for the whole match um, and he does look like a very very good player um, but other than that I think we kept Salah very quiet Jossa very quiet Simon Mane very quiet, um, and even like the midfield as well with Keita and yeah, I didn't really see much of him. Um, Thiago played well. I feel it was his one of the better games I've seen him play for Liverpool. Um, we, and we I didn't really see much of uh, Robinson and Trent and Arnold. Arnold like you would have seen. So I was quite impressed by how our defence if tactics worked. Um, I think Chalabar started off shaky, but I think he got himself into the game and he did do well against Diaz, even though Diaz was a handful. Um, I think the midfield with Jorginho, I think Jorginho had a good game in that midfield uh, with Kovacic and they shielded that midfield uh, defence really well. Uh, I was just very impressed with how we played in really defensively. Yes, they had created opportunities, but we didn't hand the opportunities to them. We didn't open the door and say, here's you one go. We was always was very good at defending and it was good to see. Yeah, I think in the situations where we did almost um where Chalaba did almost struggle with Diaz a little bit, it always looked like he maybe and lost him initially but always kind of had him always got back and managed to get if get a foot in or pressure him enough to put him off um and he had control of him overall it was just he's, he'd sometimes initially struggle which with a player like Diaz you're always going to struggle uh at first because they're trick they're, they're tricky they're pacey um and it's kind of hard to predict 
um, in terms of your initial positioning, how to how to deal with that, unless you're a Thiago Silva, of course. Um, yeah, obviously, you, we kind of had a situation where it was Pulisic missing chances, uh, certain other players missing chances, and obviously within the Chelsea Twitter, it has been certain people, I think Pulisic got the brunt of the blame um, for certain chances, but was it was it was it a case of missing chances because in in terms of just Chelsea at fault because obviously Liverpool for me I think we Chelsea as a team we keep we kept a lot of people were saying oh how great Diaz was and how great certain other players was but actually they missed quite a few chances as well that if they were in a Chelsea shirt we'd be ridiculing saying that they're absolute trash um, do you think do you agree with me in that statement, Wayne, or do you think it was Chelsea missing a lot of chances and Liverpool not so much? No, you're, you're 100% correct. Um, I think, well, as a Chelsea fans, we know what we'll be saying about Diaz, even though he, he had a good game. Um, the thing is, we've got to be open and fair. Is both teams had opportunities, both teams missed. But I think, for me... I, I wouldn't criticise our players for missing. I'm not going to criticise Liverpool players for missing. I think both of them, yes, they had opportunities and they did finish off the opportunities, but to create the opportunities they did, they did really well for both teams. So I'm I'm not one of those fans because there's no goals. I'm going to start criticising them. They're making efforts to try and doing what they can to uh, create opportunities against a really good size, both of them are. And in the final, yeah, I, I weren't disappointed at all. And do you think maybe because we don't score as many goals as a Liverpool, a City, um, which when you do look at the stats, it actually does show that it's not the us putting away the chances that is the problem. It's the fact that Man City, Liverpool, on average, create a lot more chances than we do. So therefore, on the averages, you're eventually going to score more goals because you're creating more chances. Do you think we're almost a bit too harsh? Like It, it seems like every time a player doesn't pull it in the top corner or doesn't pull it on target, even shots that are on target and the goalkeeper makes a good save, it's almost on Twitter, it's a, oh, he's missed a sitter. Um, do you think we're a bit harsh with that, or do you think we, us fans, are correct in what we say in that respect? No, we are harsh. Um, I think the reason why we probably don't create as many opportunities as the Liverpool and the Man Cities are because we haven't got the same formation, we haven't got the same ethnic as they have. In they're very attack-minded, and best form of defence for them is attack and then they come back and defend. With us it's defend first, then attack. And we're and Tuchel's mate doing his own way about it and I like the way he's he's worked about because it ain't just defending, it's attacking as well. But it's we've got both of the worlds there and I like how we play. I I don't mind that we don't create as many opportunities maybe it's not score as many goals as the other teams. But what we need, we need to do, it, as uh, Chelsea fans need to realise as well, is we just need to have a consistent upfront um, free. 
if you look at main, um, you look at Man City and Liverpool, you know they've got four players that consistently are going to be in the top three strikers or uh, three positions. We haven't got that. Ours this season have been so open and wild. Everyone's had their opportunities, and no one's really cemented uh, cement their opportunity up there. And uh, when we get that consistency, I think we'll we'll see the benefit uh, going forward. But that's I think that's for next season. I think we've got to just as a fan base stop being a uh, reactional of what we're seeing and to other teams what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that quite um, a lot because I, I've seen it before where one minute everyone's on, say, we'll, we'll pick Christian Pulisic as a player. They'll have a great game and everyone's on his side. Everyone's like, oh, he's a great player. He'll play one game bad and then suddenly it's, oh, it's this player we want in. It's this player and that player. And I think we we almost, obviously, we don't, we don't change what Tuchel does. Tuchel does it himself, which I think that maybe is a thing with Tuchel. Maybe he just needs to figure out the front three and just stick with it no matter what aggro you get from the fans. Because you're not going to be able to please everyone. Everyone has their little tribal players that they're going to want in the team. Um, but I think we just need to, as a fan base, stick with a front three that we want and go with it um, rather than changing it all the time. Man City, they, they do change it, but that's because they've all been there three, four, five years. They're all used to each other in terms of playing. So they're, it, it allows them in rotation to switch one or two of them around in occasional games, depending on the, on the team. So I think we do need to figure that out and almost two who needs to trust certain players. And if that means certain players are unhappy and they leave, then that's fine. If they're not needed and Tuchel doesn't particularly want them, then that's fine for me. I don't have a problem with that. And even if it is one of my favourite players that leave, it's fine. It's what Tuchel wants to do. Um, and that's what I think the problem is. I think while I think I like the system Tuchel plays, I think the formation itself could be changed to almost enhance chances as well. I feel because of certain players within the team, um, they struggle some struggle in a back four, some struggle in a back three. Um, and it's found that it's commonly found that when we've played the back three, we limit the amount of chances we can see because it stops the transition a lot and it protects the defence a little bit more. Um, whereas when we're in a back four, as we've seen, even under Tuchel, not even just under Lampard, we got caught on the transition way too much. Um, so I feel that the natural progression to really take us to that next level while playing this system that Tuchel wants is to kind of move to that kind of back four and almost change, I think, changing the midfield as well to allow us to play a bit faster. I think that's the one thing that I have with the midfield is sometimes we're just not fast enough in the way we play. It allows teams to get back into position and then it becomes very rigid and we have to, it almost... It doesn't allow our team to express ourselves a little bit. We almost are following the playbook because that's what we have to do. There's no one taking a risk or trying something new, um, unlike a Man City or a Liverpool, where they, they they are allowed to express themselves a little bit more. I think because we're so slow and rigid in the midfield and the build-up play, I think that 
that does help, that does naturally limit the attack as well. So I think there's multiple places where we need to fix the team. And I think actually some of the players that are leaving in the summer um, are the players that are causing us to be stuck in this free, free at the back formation. So it's almost a blessing in disguise that they are leaving should we get the players in to replace them, obviously, and start to potentially transition. Um, but hopefully that can get done. Um, obviously, it did go and eventually the penalties. Um, um, Aspie obviously missing the first one and then Mount missing the penultimate one that um, finished the tie. Um, obviously, there was a lot of hate towards Mason Mount. Where I was even I was very frustrated at the time. Um, for me, it was I was I was not so frustrated that he missed. I was more frustrated that he him and other attackers didn't ta- weren't in the first five. I mean, as as we saw, as pe- people moaned at Asby, but Asby's you you had the first three players were all defenders. that took penalties. You, I'm not I'm not being funny. As everyone could score a penalty, of course, but it should be really your attacker should be the one stepping up to take the penalties at first. And I think it was Ziyech that didn't take a penalty in the five. I think it was obviously Mount took his I think the seventh or the sixth. Um, and there was other attackers that didn't take a penalty at all. I think it was only Ross that actually, and then Jorginho as the midfielder, um, uh, that took their penalties. Um, was you a bit bemused with the order of our penalties? I was... I was... The new, it was a bit... If you looked at what team was left out, it was a bit of a shambles for the Pelonese because you got Lukaku, James. Did James stay, stay on, didn't he? And took a penalty. Yeah, he stayed on. He took the first penalty, I think. Actually, I can't remember now. Um, I know, obviously, Lukaku um, came off. Uh, you had Werner obviously didn't come on because he basically pulled a ham, hammy uh, while uh, warming up. Obviously, Havertz. Um, and you obviously got Loftus Cheek, obviously, came off. Uh, so you've got a lot of quite attacking players that didn't take a penalty. Um, it's just. I think it's one of those things. I um, Pounds is always 50-50. You just never know what could happen. Unfortunately, the two people that missed, one of them was a person you would always guarantee should be scoring Pounds, and that's in Melt. And he took the brunt of it, and I don't think it's fair. Um, if, we, if we put ourselves in that position... In that environment, and we're getting yes, we're getting paid to do it. But you put yourself in that environment. Can we also do any better than Mount? I don't think so. We don't. We just don't know what's going to happen. It could go either way. I mean, so, the, one, the one thing that annoyed me with it, particularly at the time, was especially if if you're going to make the excuse as well that you're not taking a penalty in the first five because you're not so confident, because that's the excuse that a lot of people are coming out with. Then why did you make? Why did you try and do a fancy Jorginho run up? Like just take it normal. Just take it like just take it normally. 
um, if you're if you're that nerve if you're that worried about it that you're not taking the first five. Uh, that that's the thing that bemused me because the 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 one I think it was one of them ones. It was actually a pretty good penalty, very good strike. It was just it was the wrong side the post, and sometimes that happens. Um, whereas Mount was, as you would say, normally when you save a penalty, um, it's normally that the, the penalty was bad rather than the goalkeeper did well. Um, so it was one of them ones again that was a bit poor, um, but. As you said, I think it's you can't really blame anyone, can you? No, you can't. And I just think I think Neutral's come out and said the right things as he's proud of the team and proud of what they've done. And I'm exactly the same as a fan. I'm I'm not. Of course, I want to win the final. It's not that I don't, but I'm proud of we gave it a go and we we stood tall to Liverpool because probably Liverpool's one the best side in Europe right now. So stand up to them in two finals and not let them beat us in a normal time no, I'm, pr- I'm proud of I'm proud of Chelsea yeah I mean especially when the first one was very much decision basis that we ended up losing it in the end um, obviously the second one was a bit more well deserved well deserved by Liverpool um, in the end it's just the luck of the draw but to think as well with how good this Liverpool team is should certain events go against them, these could be the only two trophies they win this season. And it would have been by the luck of the draw of a penalty against Chelsea. Happened, funny enough, both times. So that kind of puts it into perspective. Obviously, there is one conversation to have before we move on to the women's game, which was actually before the game. Obviously, regarding Liverpool fans, um, when... In, as it always is with the FA Cup final, you have uh, the him come abide with me, uh, played, then the national anthem, and then um, Prince William as the um, royal patron of football comes onto the pitch and shakes the uh, players' hands and managers' hands, etc. Um, and during that, I'm going to say a minority section, even though it was quite loud, um, loudly heard. For a Liverpool fans booing not just the national anthem but Prince William himself when he was announced. Um, obviously, I'm, I I will be a bit more harsher on this because I'm quite a patriotic person uh, to call it that. But what did you think of that overall? Uh, I'll be honest, I've got no comment because I don't really understand it all, and I don't. Like I didn't. I didn't hear the booze while I was watching it. But I've read up on it afterwards, and but I'm not really got a, an opinion on the situation because if I was there, it'd be different for me. But because I wasn't there, I didn't hear it at the time. I can't really comment. Yeah, that's fair enough. I just think, do you think it's a bit disrespectful in the in the aspect of, especially in the in terms of Prince William's case, hasn't, by my knowledge, done anything to Liverpool personally, and just to get that reception off the back of nothing. Do you think that's just on, in terms of a basic human being, just a bit disrespectful? Yeah, especially that sort of time, uh, final and everything like that, it was, but also I don't understand why they've done it, and that's why I'm wild, so we have got no comments, I don't understand any of it, but 
in the general sense of it, it was wrong. They should never have done it. Yeah, that's fair enough, obviously. Thankfully, Chelsea fans were pretty decent. Um, I think even with the atmosphere in general with the game, were quite good. Um, I'm always a bit critical with the Chelsea fans. Sometimes I don't feel we put up a good atmosphere, um, particularly how I felt in the semi-final as well. But we were quite good for the final itself, which is what matters. Um, <coughs> sorry. So let's move on. Obviously, that was the kind of the shit semi-final out of the way. Um, and now we're going to go to um, us being holding the winner's trophy, the winner's medals, um, lifting the trophy itself. Chelsea women, day after redemption uh, for the Conti Cup uh, earlier in the year. And make history in becoming the first team to win two FA Cups within one season, uh, which will probably never happen again. So it'll be one of them football quiz questions that will be asked forevermore or which team won the FA Cup twice. Um, obviously, we won 3-2 in the end. Um, a very decent result, very good result. Um, Kerr scoring two goals, um, Cuthbert scoring the other for Chelsea. And then I've gone completely blank. Who scored for Man City again? Was... Uh, Laurel Hemp. Yeah, Hemp scored the first one. And oh, I can't remember the second one. Was it Stanway? There might have been. Because I know I know it was one. I know it was the one where Ericsson made the mistake, but I, I can't think of the player off the top of my head now. I should have wrote it down, but there you go. Um so obviously we'll go through the starting lineups before we talk a bit more about the game. So Chelsea lined up in a 3-4-3 with Berger in goal, Eriksen, Nguyen and Bright centre-back. Um, Wrighton and Carter at wing-backs as Wayne nicely predicted last time. So well done to Wayne for getting that one spot on. Um, Cuthbert and Ingle in midfield with Harder, England and Kerr up front. Substitutes were G, Charles, Fleming, Anderson and Mielder. Um, whereas Man City went before 3-3 with Roebuck in goal, back four Bronze, Kennedy, Greenwood and Stokes with a midfield three of Stanway, Walsh, Weir and then front three of Hemp, Shaw and Kelly. Um, Wayne, what did you think of the lineups? Obviously you got it near enough spot on, um, with, especially with the Carter fit, uh, point about in wing back. What did you think of the lineup when it came out? Um, before we go to that, it was Russo who scored the goal. Um, ah, Russo, yeah. I I was a bit upset. Um, I felt that Fleming should have been in there. Um, I felt she should could have been in there uh, instead of England. I get why England was in, but I think Fleming would have been better off because I thought England could have come on and been more productive coming on as a substitute. Um, but I was happy. I was happy to see that my prediction was right with Carter because she did a very good job on hemp in the in the game. So yeah, generally she did very well. I mean, we'll get to a point of one of the fantastic tackles in a bit, but. Yeah, I mean, I can understand your point with England. I think, to be fair, I think Chelsea fans in general have been calling for England to start a bit more. Um, 
and have always felt sorry for her not playing. So finally, she does get a start. Uh, so maybe we should be a bit more um, happy that she got the start in the end. Um, but obviously, it was. I, I think it was a very strong lineup. I think it was good. I think normally with the women's, you don't really question it at all because we know how good Emma Hayes is and whatever she picks normally works out in the end, which it did. Um, and it was an interesting game, obviously. It was it was one of them games, I think both both teams were quite strong. Um, both teams creating chances. Um, both teams showing their quality, I think. Obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll laugh a bit at the little uh, transfer exodus that's going on at Man City at the moment, but they do have a very good side. Um, whether they will have that much of that next season is another question, but we'll have to wait and see on that. But obviously, it was it was a very good start to the game for both teams, wasn't it, Wayne? Yeah, it was a very good final. Um, I think that both teams showed that the women's football uh, deserves more crowds and deserves more um, TV time because it was a very entertaining game. Um, both teams gave it their all, their all and well, goals were very good in every way. Um, it was just a superb final. Yeah, definitely was. And we can sum that up with uh, the first goal that was scored. And well, I, Kerr obviously did get touch on it at the end, but I think it, the, the, the big highlight of it for Chelsea was Millie Bright's wonderful cross that actually Kerr didn't actually need to head in because I think it was going to go in anyway. Um, Wayne, what do, what do you think of that? Obviously, Millie's been trying to get a goal all season long, uh, trying her absolute best, and she's been so unlucky. And then she gets that opportunity where she's putting a fantastic cross shot, um, Gura right and style, and then Kerr nicks it with her head and steals the goal from her. What do you think? I love how positive you're being now. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it was meant. Um, I think it was going to go wide. I don't think it was going to go in. I think Kerr had to head away to go in. Um, I think the pressure we was putting on, I think we deserved it at the time. But I agree with you, me, but I've been trying all season um, and she's been very unlucky, but I don't. I can't see your way thinking it was going to go in and that. No, but I was. I I, I was because I was. I was funny enough. I was watching it after because a few people did suggest to me that it was going to go in. Actually, watching it from a couple of different angles and almost investigating a little bit from people that did manage to get other angles from the camera, and it did look like it was almost going to just about dip in. Um, whether it would or not is another question. Um, it's hard to judge unless you're actually there. But um, we, we, for the benefit of Millie Bright, we'll, we will say it was going to go in anyway. Just, I'll, let you go. I'll let you go with that one then. <laughs> we, 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 we'll, we'll give Millie Bright a bit more of a confidence that she would have scored if, if not. Um, but anyway, I mean, obviously, um, it was a good game. And then... Lauren Hemp in Lauren Hemp style, absolute scores, an absolute cracker, um, potentially a bit of poor defending on 
Millie Bright's way in terms of letting her cut in like that. But what a wonderful goal that was for Man City to equalise, wasn't it, Wayne? Really good goal. And well deserved and with him. She's had a brilliant season. And to finish it off in that style, well deserved. She's a brilliant young talent. And I'm grateful she's English. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be part of a wonderful um, Lioness setup um, that we're potentially going to have um, in the summer uh, for the Euros. Um, and hopefully we can get that trophy. Um, and at least for the women's side, say it's coming home. Um, but we'll wait and see for that. Um, late, later on, I'm sure we'll do a little bit of content of that at some point in the summer. Um yeah, I think it was a very good goal. I think she's, I think she's probably been the best attacking player outside of Mia Dimar, Kerr, and any other Chelsea top, Chelsea Arsenal player. Uh, I think outside of the top two, I think she's been phenomenal. Um, and the fact that she's still so young as well is really good confidence that we're going to see her for a long time, and she can still develop her game and improve season by season. Hopefully, become a wonderful player maybe uh in the future if there's going to be more of these man city exoduses like this maybe we'll have to just snap up uh in prime lauren hemp um into the chelsea team to add a bit of flair once we've done with the likes of kerr and harder uh etc um when they're a bit older um but we'll have to wait and see for that um obviously lauren hemp scores a good goal and chelsea in typical Chelsea fashion, have to respond with arguably an even better goal. Um, wonderful play by Bethany England um, with some one-twos. Gives it to Kerr and what a blockbuster goal, weren't it, Wayne? It was a really good goal. Um, I can't, I just, I was just glad to see it rattle the goal and yeah, just happy with the goal, basically. Just can't say more than that. Happy. Yeah, I mean, Cuthbert, one, the, the, the passion she has for the club, you couldn't, have, you couldn't have wished it to happen to a better person. Um, and it was a fantastic goal, I think. Again, you, we do, we've been talking about how sometimes in the women's game, you always argue, oh, can the goalkeeper do a bit better? But some of these ones we've seen, was like, you Alice, the, the likes of Alice and Edison are not saving these these types of games. Mendy would struggle with some of these goals if it was in the men's game. So I think it's fantastic to see considering we went for 120 minutes the day before of absolutely no goals, no ch- no big chances like that. Um, so it's good to see that the women were shaping up with them goals. And as it looked like we were going to almost... Um, Seal the deal, win two one, go home not go home nice and calm with no high blood pressure, no no problems. Um Man City decided to take it to extra time, didn't they? Um obviously as you said, Russo scoring the equalizer once again. Um for me, a rare mistake from uh Magdalena Eriksson uh for the goal. Um very unfortunate to happen. But what did you think of the goal uh, in general? Do you think it was Eriksson's mistake or do you think it was just one of them things? 
what I can remember of it. Uh, yeah, I agree with Erickson made a little mistake, which not like her. But I can't. But I'm not gonna sit and lie to you. I can't remember a lot about the goal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I I was watching it. I was looking. I was like, no. I was I was I honestly, my heart just sank because I thought if it's a, if anything's going by what the last game was in terms of Chelsea Liverpool, I was like, I do not want to be going to extra time. I do not want to be going to penalties. I, if we lost penalties again, I would have just. I don't know what I would have done myself. I think I would just. I, I think I would have been done with the season. Obviously, the women's it would have been done anyway. But I think I would have been just done watching football for a few weeks. I think that would have just shot me in terms of emotion. But thankfully, and you'd argue in a bit of a cruel way for Man City, um, Chelsea did in extra time get the winner in the end um Kerr um on the counter-attack um scoring what was a quite big deflection I think probably did make the difference of whether it was going in or not um is that a bit cruel for Manchester City after all the effort they put in to concede a goal like that to lose the game if we went against us we would have said it would have been cruel so yeah it was cruel but who better to finish the season off than the superstar of Sam Kerr. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, she's she's a big game player, ain't she? Also, I don't want to compare her to Drogba because I don't, I've seen enough people trying to make that comparison already. But she is that big game player at the moment. Every final, every big game that's needed, she's, she's getting, she's doing the business, isn't she? She is. She's a, a really good professional. Um... Just, yeah, I can't say more about her, how good she is. And I'm just grateful that we ha- have got her at Chelsea for the next few years. And to see not only first got two goals in the final and to top boot and all that, but her family being there as well in the game was a great thing. And she deserves all of that, what she got. Definitely, definitely. I think... There was obviously talks of who would be player of the season. I think most people have gone with Kerr anyway in terms of the voting on the Chelsea website. So I imagine she'll get it. Um, but and obviously there was, I think we we mentioned in the last podcast about there are potentially a couple of other names that you would consider. Um, I think winning the FA Cup final for us, I think that does that kind of seal it for her as player of the season? Um, I think there's only one player could would probably can beat her, but yeah, yeah I think it's it's either her or it's gonna be Aaron Cuthbert for me. Um, either or, I think Cuff, I'd vote Cuthbert because I've just for that final goal. Um, but I think Sam Kerr is well deserved of it, no matter what. She's an awesome player, and uh, not, I, don't, I don't think we can say any more servers uh, for her because she's surpassed them all. Yeah, I mean she's she's a fantastic player, um, an absolute fantastic player to watch, and hopefully she stays for many more years to come. Um, one more moment in the game, which um, I think you'll be happy with because you do like her quite a lot. Um, Jess Carter um, made a bit of a wonder tackle just before the Kerr goal to stop Man City from scoring. Um, what did you think of Carter's performance generally in the game? Brilliant. Uh, 
positional. She had both different positions, and she just sailed in every one of them. She's a great defender, a great personality, and to think she's still young, and she's what she a couple of years she was basically in the wilderness, and now she's and probably one of the first names on that team sheet. She is a brilliant, brilliant player. It shows when you have faith in someone like Emma Hayes and you show that faith back, you will get your rewards. And she has definitely got them rewards back. Definitely, definitely. I think I think yeah, she's she's really improved over the season. I think she's now become um by her own merit a first team starter and Again, another England player that's going to be fantastic, hopefully, in the Euros and get us a result. Um, so, well, credit to her. I think the tackle is one of them ones that you, I, I, as a defender, always look back and remember certain cha- challenges and tackles, not just the goal, because obviously it's easy to remember goals, but um, it's nice to remember like big defensive tackles that save us, such as Chilwell, Rudiger in the... Champions League final against Man City. Um, you, you've always got to try and remember them as well because I, I find defenders don't get so much praise uh, as they should um, in them situations because they're almost like scoring the winner uh, in its own right. Um, but obviously, there are other little bits to talk about in terms of the women before we go. Obviously, in Man City's case, um, it's all starting to fall apart for them, Wayne, ain't it? In terms of transfers, obviously. Looks like Georgia Stanway is on her way to Bayern Munich. No, it's um, Caroline Weir looks like she's going on a free transfer to Real Madrid potentially. Um, although that's still a bit more up to a debate. Um, many more players looking like they could leave the door. We were talking about Man City potentially being challenges in the last pod, but do you think do you think this is going to be a situation where they they could struggle if they don't get the signings in because they're big losses. They are, and there's been just been another one confirmed before we went on air. And Jill Scott is officially left Man City. So, oh my god, they're, they're losing players, uh, flick and fast. Um, there's Usain about career, but there's another couple as well. I've seen that Lucy Bronze might be on her way to Real Madrid, or she might be on her way to America and. Uh, Caden Shaw might be going back to France to PSG. So, um, yeah, it, it looked like they're losing players right, right, left, and centre. Um, so, the, does, be, La- does Lauren Hemp want to jump ship then to Chelsea? Well, well, I, don't well, I don't know. I rather Kieran Walsh at this right moment in time. She's a player we need more than the most than uh, Lauren Hemp. I know Lauren Hemp is a very good player. I'm a very big fan, but. It's our midfield that's the weakest part at the moment. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll just take both. We'll just we'll just rub, <laughs> rub it in. Breeding. but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a big statement because obviously with Arsenal and Mirdima as well, and there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment. Um, it's cut. I tell you now, this not only in the men's game because the men's for Chelsea is going to be big this season for transfers. But the women's as well, because what's going on around us, we got a chance to make a massive dent in com- in the transfer market because we've got something that a lot of teams 
been begging for, and that is a manager like Emma Hayes. And she's come out and said, because of silly speculation about her leaving Chelsea, and, but she said, no, nope, she's got a contract to Chelsea and that's where she wants to be. So I am, I can't wait. This, um, what's going on at the moment? Obviously, me and you are keeping intact with the news of transfers. And we're looking forward to this this summer. I think it'll be a very good summer for tra- women transfers. Yeah, I think it, it, it's one of the ones I think the benefit for Chelsea is not at the moment, not even is who we bring in. It's keeping players because obviously Mia Dima is a massive loss to Arsenal. All of these Manchester City players are a massive loss to Manchester City. And the fact that we can keep... I know we've got G is leaving and obviously Drew Spence, um, Anderson. But they're all... I don't want to be rude, but kind of all squad players at the moment. They're not... It's not like it's a Sam Kerr leaving a Peniel Harder, a Gura Wrighton, a Jess Carter, a Ericsson, a Bright. It's not one of them. It's one of the squad members there it's a bit easier to replace them although you can't replace G in terms of her uh historicness at the club. But um yeah I I think it's it's gonna be a big summer for us. I think it'll be very interesting for the Champions League because I imagine that's again for Emma that'll be the one thing she looks at and go if that's the one taint that she wants to get. Um obviously Barcelona are a formidable side anyway. Um, if Real Madrid can sign Caroline Weir and uh, and Lucy Bronze, then Real Madrid will look like they'll be going on the up a little bit. PSG are looking to improve and buy, bring a lot of players in Bayern Munich. So there'll be a lot of teams in the um, in the Champions League that will be tough to face, and that's where I think maybe we need to look at um, teams like Wolfsburg and try and just steal a few players from them. Um, and try and improve ourselves because I think we do we do need that, especially a midfielder in general. I think that's the thing we need if we want to win the Champions League. I think that's the position we really do need to improve on, and maybe more than one now, depending on how Lloyd Poles gets on. Um, and obviously now with Drew and G leaving, um, I know Cuthbert is, is playing well in the midfield, but I'm sure... I don't know whether that's the complete plans for her going into next season. We never know with Emma what she decides to do. Um, but I'm sure she's got plans for Cuthbert in whatever position she wants to play. Um, finally, to finish with a bit of good news, um, Frank Kirby um, obviously was one that we've all been praying for and hoping that it would all be okay. And it looks like she could be making a return with even her being mentioned, uh, included in the Euro squad. Uh, obviously, that is provisionally. And I do expect with the size of the provisional squad, I do think her, along with Steph Holton, will drop out due to their um, off-the-pitch off issues uh, with injuries and other such things. But what do you think of Fran Look, looking like she's coming back? Brilliant. Very good uh, to see. Um, I'd rather not go for the Euros, even though she'd be a big plus if she did. I think she needs to focus on herself and then she can get herself ready for the new season coming up. And I think it's just brilliant for us as a as a t- as the club and country. She's a, still young and still got a lot to give 
and she's a great player. Yeah, it's good to see what that whatever it was has does seem to be okay. I would say, like like you kind of said, don't rush yourself back. Um, I know, I think she's going to look and go, but it's the Euros, and if it's one of those things that if England do go on to win it, and she's not there, she's she would look. I think it'd be natural that she'd look back and go, what what could have been if I was there. Um, but at the end of the day, no trophy, medal, success, whatever, no, no, none of that matters. It's your health that is most important. So hopefully she can take care of herself, get back to full fitness um, and get back into the team next season because we're, we're going to need her. Um, def- we're definitely going to need her next season. Um, and we want her to increase... Her record being the all-time top goal scorer for Chelsea women, because obviously Sam Kerr is now snipping on her heels a little bit. Um, so she, I'm sure she'll want to try and keep that and then just continue to get more goals, help create with, and help her out all her other teammates and win many more things for Chelsea in the rest of her career. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed, nothing goes wrong. Uh, I'm sure it will be okay. Um but it's a pleasure to see Fran Kirby back within the Chelsea team once again um, going into next season. Um, so that is the end of what is another wonderful podcast, um, looking at the highs and the lows of Chelsea Football Club, as it always is. Obviously, now the women's season has finished. We will, me and Wayne, sit down and do a little bit of a season review uh, maybe some season player ratings um, of each player just to see how they've done over the season. Um, and then for the men's, obviously, we will, we will bring you um, a review of what would be Leicester and, uh, well, Leicester will be tonight. It will be done by the time you guys listen to this. Um, and Watford at the weekend, we'll give you a review on that. And then we'll continue with some transfer news um, and other content within the summer. So make sure you guys stay tuned so you never miss another podcast episode. Um, Wayne, thank you once again for coming on and talking about the wonderful FA Cup finals. Thank you for letting me on and thank you for everyone for listening. Yes, make sure you guys like um, all the podcast episodes. Make sure you download, like, share so it gets out to as many people as possible. Um me just looking at the analytics this morning, we have got to a total of 10.4 thousand downloads in total. So thank you guys for getting us that far. I'm still surprised that we have that many people listening over time. Um, But it is a pleasure um, to speak to you all and give you some great content. So make sure you stay tuned. This is Matt. This is Wayne. We're out.